0: I loved the scene. I loved it as I remembered it, I guess is the way that I'll say it, because I don't know it intimately now. But maybe it was just the time in my life, too, of like being more involved in a music community. And it seemed like a really collaborative and supportive music scene. And there were so many opportunities to play, so many places to play. And I, I miss that. I just miss having a lot of musician friends that are constantly creating and doing awesome things that are inspiring, and and then kind of create inspiration and momentum for my ideas that I can build off of.
1: This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven your host for a journey into the music of champagne urbana recorded in the blue box studio with a songwriter from the champagne urbana music scene past or present champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the champagne showers podcast network The Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Trisha Scully. You may know Trisha from such bands as Bad Scientists, which is her current solo project, Starter Wife, where she plays drums, and Tall Tale, um, where she's the guitarist, singer, and songwriter. Trisha, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Today, we're going to be listening to your song, Fidgety, which was released as a single, and... Without further ado, let's listen to the song.
2: You're so deliberate when you strategize I'm just fidgety and I apologize way too much Oh, I'm okay No, I don't need you
1: Welcome back. So, my first and favorite question to always ask is, what came first? Was it the music or was it the lyrics?
0: I think I wrote this song like six or seven years ago. I think it was the music that came first, or at least the verse guitar part came first, and then the melody for the vocals came after that, and I just filled in the lyrics as I went along
1: follow-up question so your style is based upon layering and using loop pedals so if it was the music that was first did you do this on the acoustic first or was it using like were you already messing around with the the loop pedals
0: i don't think i played it on acoustic first i was playing it on electric but i think i had it unplugged the majority of the writing that i've done while living in chicago has been unplugged on electric guitar because i don't want to disturb my neighbors kind of thing even though i tend to do loop pedals and stuff i feel very technically challenged when it comes to understanding how to hook things up in a way that only i can hear it and other people can't when i'm like writing or whatever i remember writing that in my basement apartment in chicago on my electric guitar sitting on my couch, unplugged. That's just where the original riff came from. And then I think I like waited until an appropriate hour of the day to then plug it in and then start messing with layers. But I guess I haven't really thought about my style being very layered and loopy, but that's definitely definitely the way I developed. um, And I have no idea how that happened at all. (laughs)
1: I mean, when you were here in Champaign-Urbana, I remember when you were performing solo as Trisha Scully, you were always using a loop pedal and and that was like integral to how your songs were always constructed. When did that develop? When did you start using loop pedals?
0: Probably after I saw Andrew Bird play at some point. Like that was a very influential thing when I was developing as a solo musician. I think... I mean, so Tracy Morrison and I played in Tall Tale together and we always we started playing in high school together. So I've always felt the need to have other sounds aside from what I was currently doing around whatever I'm performing. So I think when I saw the looping with Andrew Bird, or I guess how he dated it before him, oh my gosh, I haven't, like, I haven't thought about him in forever. But when I was introduced to the ability of doing that and I wanted to do things alone, I think I I needed, for me, just extra noise. Maybe it's just like a comfort thing. I don't know. And I developed the habit of using a loop pedal. And now that we're talking about it and I'm saying things out loud, I think it's like influenced the writing that I've done to be really repetitive and structured in like, a two-section form instead of like having the traditional like bridge or whatever because it's really hard to deviate from that when you're just using one loop pedal and yourself and you don't know how to use a computer to trigger things for like a second section or like a a bridge or whatever so it's very repetitive and and loopy with a loop pedal
1: I mean, from my perspective, the way that I think of a loop pedal, when it gets used right, it creates this, like, momentum. It keeps you on the beat and keeps you moving forward. I, I-, I don't know. I guess maybe I always think of looped music, for the most part. There there are exceptions, obviously, is there's a certain urgency to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Like, it's, it's this, because you have to fall back onto whatever is happening and it's like you have to just grab onto that train and go Mm -hmm. i think it's interesting that you decided to talk about a song with the title of fidgety you know i think of someone who fidgets as someone that's like i gotta go gotta keep moving gotta keep going and i think that with the loop pedal it it keeps that going i'm curious when did you bring in some of the other elements of the drum beat that you lay down and then also like for the second verse, you have a line that I can't really tell. Are you doing that with a guitar or are you doing that with like a, a little keyboard?
0: That's a synth.
1: How did those elements come into play?
0: When I stopped playing in bands, I started thinking of ways to be a one-man band, <laughs> I right. guess. And to keep interest and intrigue going through songs with repetitive loops going on. So integrating like a new layer of a drum beat or a new layer of a synth and dropping guitar at some point. Those are the levers you have to pull when you're using the tools that you have like that. So I started experimenting with that. And I guess to your point of like constantly needing to have that momentum and like grab out of that train and keep going. It's so stressful to have Mm. that many things that you need to keep in time. And I've done it successfully and I've absolutely derailed that train many a times today i just brought my electric guitar and no loop pedals also ruined my loop pedals on accident but it's like i'm trying to be less stressed or like create less stress for myself personally so while that journey of like loop pedal stuff was really wonderful and fun i think it created so much anxiety for Mm. me And I'm trying to figure out ways to, like, retain some of the elements of what I developed in my own style or whatever with the looping and, like, the layering. But in a more economical way or, like, surefire way of having that train not derail. So, that's the journey that I'm trying to start on now.
1: Huh. So, it took a tragedy of ruining your your loop pedals and pedals to maybe make you reevaluate how you want to proceed from now on.
0: Yeah. Well, it was a tragedy of ruining those. And then also like the biggest train wreck of a show I've ever played in my life on top of ruining my pedals that same night. It was hilarious and funny and like, it's fine, but it was like the most awful show I've ever played. And that was the last time I played solo before the like quarantine started.
1: Oh man. As you're developing and you've added the beat I'm kind of curious at what point you start adding the lyrics to it, or if you—I I don't know—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm curious about that melding of of the two. Like, how did that come together?
0: I think for this song in particular, I did that guitar riff first, and then I developed a melody that I wanted over it. Sometimes melodies come with words that i have in mind. i don't remember what it was like for this one, but i usually i guess in terms of the process that i go through, i'll like write a guitar riff, put some lyrics on top of it with a melody, add a chorus or a verse if i started with the chorus. i'm i'm pretty sure i started with the verse at this point for this song and just get really comfortable kind of switching back and forth from those two and then i'll like let it sit for a little bit and decide whether I want to flip it on its head and completely change it or not. And I'll just start playing around with like putting a synth bass on it or like other textures. But it's really important that I let it kind of sit and get very comfortable with playing it the way that I wrote it first, like having that base format to build off of. And then I just start messing around with different textures, different pedals and fun little counter melodies to put on top of things. Maybe I'll try adding a beat and maybe the beat will then influence changing the structure of the song or the melody or the way that I sing something or how I play guitar or something. I, I kind of let the parts influence the development of the song. So that's how this one came together.
1: When you started writing the words, did you have an idea of where you were heading with this or did something happen and then you, you just... Like you said something when you're working on the words that you're like, oh, that's where I should go.
0: That's a great question. I think how did I come up with the words for this. This song is like just straight up about anxiety. <laughs> it's just I think it's a pretty obvious thing. I was very anxious. It wasn't like a conscious thing that I sat down and I was like, I'm anxious. Let me write a song about anxiety and being anxious i was like newly on the dating scene with the apps it was awful and it was like just something that influenced me to like think about how anxious that made me and how like suave a lot of people present or like seem and then how that like continues to create a spiral of more anxiety for me somebody who struggles with anxiety yeah (laughs) so that's Uh, the influence of the song and i kind of just rolled with it and let it develop from there
1: the two verses it kind of fits with what what you were mentioning with the uh using a dating app or or how people present themselves and like having to kind of fake it in order to get someone's approval in order to even get that first meet right like you you know so that's the i've never uh really I I ruin lyrics, by the way. Um, (laughs) I've never been one for board games, but you play them all real good. And I just can't seem to find the patience to sit down and think about my next move. I just keep thinking of that momentum we had mentioned before. And it's just like, sometimes when you get caught up in that stream or you hop on that train, that you're so concerned about staying with whatever's going on that you can't really think about what the next step is right so yeah just an observation but you're so smooth as you roll the dice you're so deliberate when you strategize i'm a fidgety and i apologize way too much yeah i i get that where it's just yeah i mean i felt like when we when you first got here it was all me just like apologizing like oh i'm sorry It's it's (laughs) okay um
0: i feel like that's inherently midwestern too though it's just a midwestern trait
1: what What's the joke of, like, if you compliment a Midwesterner's shoes, they'll thank you, but also explain to you how they got them at such a considerable discount?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: I love it, because it's so true. It's
0: 100% um, true. So, when
1: did the chorus come out? Like, mm. in, in in the order of things?
0: I'm pretty sure it came out after I'd already developed the verse. The verses. Probably the verses. And I'm trying to remember like seven years ago or something eight years ago i don't even remember when i wrote the song i could probably be better about remembering time and dates but what's time
1: right exactly what is
0: it's a construct i probably had to sit with it for a while and just came up with like a melody and then fit some words to it i'm realizing that i'm like not lyric focused even though i really think about my lyrics as i'm writing them i kind of just like drop them from my mind after I write them. And Hmm. I just... It becomes more of, like, a texture in the overall piece of the song instead of, like, what the song is. And I don't know where that comes from. But I am not a good lyric listener at all. Huh. It's weird. It
1: makes me think about... Well, backing up even more, do you see writing lyrics, besides the textural part, do you see that as, as a way to... I don't know, exercise or get rid of feelings and like once you've kind of gotten rid of it it doesn't it doesn't need to be like rehashed, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like a cathartic therapeutic process for sure. It's just like my trash bin. <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better word or maybe like a journal that i just don't open again and it's Mm. down and like once i'm happy with it and i think it represents whatever it is that's that i'm thinking about or like grappling with or want to tackle it's done and then it just becomes another piece of the bigger puzzle that i'm putting together and i don't really think about it Mm. but i don't that's not normal i feel like that's not how most songwriters (laughs) approach things (sighs) Uh, i
1: mean i think to a certain extent the intent is a lot of songwriters but maybe they don't their catharsis is the act of actually performing it as well rather than just creating it yeah Uh, that's just from kind of a casual observation i i want to talk a little bit about the chorus about the words that you're using the way that it comes out sometimes i always think that the voice in a chorus changes like who you're talking to or who you are as the speaker should i say like you change places with different characters in a story you know i feel that that the verses are very much Maybe self-reflective, but also you talking to someone. But I feel like the chorus is more of you talking to yourself and like reassuring yourself. No, I'm okay. Or, oh, I'm okay. No, I don't need you. Maybe in reference to the anxiety, like what is the anxiety doing? Like, how did that come about
0: for you? It's totally, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Just like flipping the perspective from the verses, I guess, like... The verses are being anxious about, I don't know, talking to people that seem cooler than me or whatever. And like this longing and desire for connection. It's more anxiety driven than like actually seeking that true connection. And then, so the chorus is like, all right, take a beat. Like, take a step back. You're good. You're okay.
1: Now is the part where... I say, what's my favorite part in the song? But before I do that, I'm going to make an observation about repetition, because I think repetition in music is undervalued. There's a phrase that's repeated, but because of the things that are going on around it, the context changes. And I feel like your high-pitched melodic guitar part that you add over the top because of the words that are going on and also because of some of the other changes that you've done in the song. But in one context, it feels celebratory. And in another one, it feels a little painful. I like that contrast that happens because it's saying the same thing, obviously, because it's a loop going but because different things are going on around it, it has this new perspective. But after that little observation, I really like the second verse and there's just certain things that, you know, I I think is very relatable. The things you've instantly forgotten that might keep me up past ten, you know, that, that reflection of like, oh, gosh, well, what do they think about me now? Oh, everything is ruined. I mean, this is me talking now in the <laughs> way. It's always interesting how your words will, and my interpretation of your words, tell you more about me than it does about you. But <laughs> that thought of, oh, God, like, everything's ruined now. I don't know. You know, later, you just like, oh, I'm so sorry that I, I said that. And they're like, what are you talking about? I don't even remember that. That's mm-hmm. just, You know, I really appreciate that line. I'm kind of curious, what's what's your favorite part of the song?
0: Oh, wow, how can I follow up that like beautifully insightful observation? I so appreciate everything you just said. <laughs> I just really love that guitar part. I don't, the verse guitar part. It's just, I. whenever I sit down to my gu- any guitar, I usually play it. It's just like the thing that comes out of my fingers at this point. It just, it's kind of like, it's got momentum. I think I'm gonna use that word that you keep saying And I just like the switching back and forth of it, and it's also I'm not using a capo, so I can play all the time on any guitar, (laughs) which is like not a normal thing for me. I was really excited about that that guitar part when I came out with it, or when I wrote it. But I like I love what you're saying about conflicting or like two perspectives that are that are existing in this song of being like kind of hopeful, but then there's like something kind of sad about it too and like that's just life like it's Mm. hopeful but it's it's like you know being lonely is sad being alone is sad sometimes but it's also okay like it's what what is that I think it's Jamila Woods has a song that's like I'm alone but I'm not lonely or something like that it's okay to have many things exist at the same time
1: so of course my last question is why did you pick this song as the song that you wanted to talk about today
0: oh it's like the only song that i have remotely recorded in a presentable way over the past like 10 years so yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) and with that we're done Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe C.U.C.C. Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So... Trisha, you've been away from the Champaign-Urbana area for a while, so your insight in this is going to be very interesting to me, because I'm just curious, what was your favorite Champaign-Urbana venue?
0: I think, I don't think it's open anymore, but I loved Mike and Molly's upstairs, just because of how, like, small and intimate it was, and... I don't know, it it just always seemed like a comfortable place to be for whatever reason. I Hmm. just really liked it.
1: I do miss that. I mean, I think the only place that you can get that nowadays is at like a house show. Yeah,
0: I was just thinking that too. And maybe that's like... Just because I was like in college or like in undergrad at the time and I played a lot of basement shows and those tended to be with like close friends and even in my own basement it was like my own house so it was comfortable. So there was something really familiar and comforting about being in a Mm. very tight small dark space (laughs) like an (laughs) attic.
1: I've mentioned several times on the show is that the only thing that can be... A downside to that whole experience for a musician, at least, is the long walk up the stairs.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that was pretty brutal. <laughs> pretty
1: brutal. It's it's one of those. Just be thankful you're not a drummer. <laughs> I mean, that was that had to have been awful. Yeah, but I mean, it, you're you're a drummer, but you you weren't a drummer at that time doing the carrying drums up good time to be a vocalist or a harmonica player
0: right for sure we've got the equivalent of that in chicago at the subterranean the stairs are just as brutal
1: oh right 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 oh gosh i haven't been to sub t in like forever yeah but that's a great space i forgot that it's it's on the second floor because once you get up there, there's also another floor. That's the I don't know what you would say. It's like the railing. Yeah, you could, you could actually hang over the railing and look down and see everybody. That's a that's such a great space. It's always been great sound and pretty intimate yeah. in some ways. You know, even though you can spread out if you wanted to.
0: It's like the bigger Mike and Molly's.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Maybe uh, that's you've why I leveled like it. up. Um, that's right. Is there anything that you miss about the Champagne Urbana music scene?
0: So much. I love the scene. I loved it as I remembered it, I guess is the way that I'll say it, because I don't know it intimately now. But maybe it was just the time in my life, too, of like being more involved in the music community. And it seemed like a really collaborative and supportive music scene. And there were so many opportunities to play, so many places to play. And I I miss that. I just miss having a lot of musician friends that are constantly creating and doing awesome things that are inspiring and and then kind of create inspiration and momentum for my ideas that I can build off of. It's a beautiful little scene here.
1: I guess speaking of that, are there any bands that you remember back in the day that you wish were still around?
0: Wow, I haven't thought about this in a while. I don't know. I mean, we played with like Elsinore a lot. They're around. Are they? They're around, right? No? No. Well, around.
1: I mean, I haven't seen them play. I think now Ryan's project has become Modern Drugs. And, oh, right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of that Elsinore energy has gone into the Modern Drugs. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think I yeah. haven't seen them play in a while.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to remember the bands that I even remember. Um, I really loved that band. I think Matt was the drummer and then his like best friend was the guitar player. Matt Campbell. Oh, I'm like blanking on all the, I should have brushed up before this no, podcast. No, 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 that's fine. No, Let I, me apologize I mean, a million times. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yes. Yes. Um,
0: what were they called? This is uh, it's the,
1: so if right now you're thinking to yourself, common loon, common loon, it's common loon. Don't worry. We got to it. After the podcast was over, we finally remembered, but sorry, Common Loon, for forgetting who you were at that point. So sorry.
0: end of my tongue. I no,
1: my tongue. I mean, the the one that I kind of, uh, that I miss a lot is uh, New Ruins. I thought that would oh, be... Oh, yeah. I would love to see them reunite or play together a little bit. Um,
0: Matt and Rob. That was, I think it was Rob.
1: Okay, well uh i'll probably edit
0: that. we're gonna edit that out and figure figure out the name um yeah new ruins is great um oh i, I
1: remember like you and yorn
0: you and yorn i love them i miss bit, them
1: i haven't seen i i don't know what happened to them but but yeah so i guess you know mike and molly's seven saints has has picked up but doesn't perform or doesn't yeah. doesn't have a show on a on a regular enough basis but i don't know if you've like the rose bowl has has turned into there sometimes they're doing three shows in one day and wow um but they have a stacked lineup like every single day there's music amazing yeah love that you know they've really taken the reins and made it made it a special space
0: i started having like other bands that were like flooding back into my mind as you were talking like santa and grandkids were Like bands that we played with all the time and that was so wonderful i think santa still plays in chicago grandkids is not a band anymore but vv light body is the new band the new iteration i guess amazing um what do i miss though what other things do i miss i i don't know i just love i love champagne always Mm. champagne urbana just such a good vibe riding my bike everywhere sit in a cafe is I think I miss I miss being able to sit at a cafe until late at night and like read or I'm not studying anything anymore for any like academic purposes but just the ability to do that I think that's really lacking in a city like Chicago or any city that's probably not a college town like all cafes close at like five or whatever and then you have to sit at a bar and the music is like really really loud and then you drink too much and then you're not reading your book anymore or right. whatever like it's just it's not as productive so then i just stay home a lot
1: <laughs> yeah you were here as a student then that's what brought you to Champaign urbana
0: yeah i was here as a student i transferred in i think as like a maybe junior i went to depaul in chicago first and then community college for a little while. And Tracy, we were in a band together in high school. She's two years younger. We recorded the Tall Tale album while she was still a senior in high school, I think. And then we both decided to go to U of I and we came down to U of I with this finished album. And we pretended we were a club on quad day and passed out our CDs and tried to recruit people to play in our band. And that's how our band formed. Nice. That's why I I came here. I love that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I had no idea. And you, uh, I believe, didn't you, I I don't know if you still play the trumpet, but you played the trumpet on Tall Tale, Mm -hmm. as well as guitar and sang and anything else that needed to be done. Yeah. I guess I'm getting to my final question of this section, which is, what do you think makes a good music scene or good music community?
0: I think a good music scene and community is a collaborative connected one with lots of opportunities to play good venues, like good hosts of music, I guess creates a nice scene, but always the best scenes are just the the one where connection can be facilitated in the most, the easiest way. Like that's all art is, is trying to connect. Maybe that is my answer.
1: (laughs) Excellent. No, hey, don't don't (laughs) touch yourself. That was a great answer. I'm going to add onto this. So how would you contrast the Chicago music scene, although I know that that's just massive and I want to say seems kind of segmented and, you know, that versus the Champaign-Urbana music scene?
0: I feel like I'm not super connected to the Chicago music scene as much as I was in the past. So I am i can't speak mm. to the state of it now, maybe. Mm. I mean, I'm from the suburbs up there and that's where I started playing out mostly, like before even coming down to Champaign and then going back up. It is pretty segmented, I feel like, but there are certain people that are able to kind of cross the segments pretty seamlessly and even though it seems big it's still kind of small and like Mm -hmm. you know the people that play a lot you see the same people at the same venues all the time so in that way it's similar to like a champagne urbana feel i feel like it was more welcoming in champagne urbana than it is in chicago chicago a lot of the talent buyers they just change constantly so it's harder. I've found any way to like establish a good working relationship with certain talent buyers because they'll be gone or like certain venues they'll be gone in like i don't know a year or whatever and i don't play very often i'm speaking to an experience that has happened recently there's a certain venue that i've played since i was like 16 years old so for like almost 20 years and every time i've played i've filled it up to the point where there's like standing room only But every time I play there, I'm working with a new talent buyer and that new talent buyer is always like, "Mm, I think you need to add another act to your show because I don't think you're going to fill the place. And I'm like, well, you don't know me and Mm. I've been playing in Chicago for a very long time and I have family and friends that will come out because I don't play often. So let me tell you how it goes. Mm. You will be pushing people out of your venue. Like it's not you're going to be turning people away. Please listen to me. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of frustrating in that sense. And I don't, I didn't feel like that was the case in Champaign because it's all the same people all the time, which is wonderful. You can create good working relationships with people and friendship and that can happen and has happened in Chicago, but it's a little harder. I feel like,
1: I don't know. Yeah. There's a certain sense of like people need to be a little bit more trusting of, of the artists and, etc. I don't know.
0: It's yeah. Um I I've been reflecting on it a lot just looking at like past bodies of work that I've done and it's I think because like I grew up in Chicago and like I started playing Chicago venues like as a kid like late teens or whatever and it's a tough scene to break into. There's always this like this feeling of I have to prove that I am like good enough to be here and play mm. at your venue. And that has, I've never shed that. And it's something that I'm very aware of now and I'm working on it. Cause it's not like, that's not a good way to approach anything. And it definitely influences the intricacies of guitar parts that I've written in ways that are negative or like overcomplicated or maybe overcomplicated lyrics instead of like going for like a more a general like easier mm. more like palatable way of doing things just to prove yourself which is right stressful
1: uh, well yeah to to show what that you have like the chops or that you you can hang yeah um whatever the kids these days say yeah um which they do not um they might they might <laughs> champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support exile on main street exile on main street located in the old train station building at 100 north chestnut street in downtown champagne has been helping to build record collections since 2004 carrying a wide array of new and used lps cds and video games Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Tricia, what is your favorite non-musical thing or things?
0: My favorite thing? I think it changes depending on my mood. But I really enjoy playing ice hockey. That's fun. started doing that after college.
1: You started after college what got you into that
0: i lost a bet in a bar <laughs> <Shut up.
1: laughs> okay so uh explain the if you can explain the nature of the bet
0: like how did yeah. you lose so i was at a bar near where i lived i ran into a friend that i knew from high school who i hadn't seen since high school and he was like hey I started playing ice hockey. You've always been athletic. You should play. And I was like, what, what, what? And he's like, yeah, I've got like a, 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 what is it called? A stick and puck. It's, it wasn't a league. It was like a drop in thing where you can just like show up and pay 20 bucks. And the format of it was like you drill or not drill. They like teach you skills for 30 minutes. And then the last 30 minutes you play like a scrimmage game or whatever. And he was explaining the nature of it. And it sounded intriguing. And i did always want to play hockey when i was growing up and my parents never let me because it's extremely expensive and you have to be driven everywhere and they were not for either of those things so my friend was trying to convince me to play and i was like i work for a non right now like i majored in french i'm not paying for hockey like what what do you think is gonna happen here bud and he was like no no let's make a bet i bet that I could find you everything you need to play hockey for less than $100. Mm. If I don't, I will give you $100. If I do, you have to come play hockey. And I was like, okay. And he found everything because his friend was getting out of hockey and we happened to be around the same size. And his friend was just trying to get rid of his gear anyway. So I got all the gear for under 100 bucks. And I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to try this, then I'm going to really give it a try and that like training session thing or whatever you could buy like a 10 session punch card for like a discounted price and i was like i'm going to play for at least the length of this 10 session punch card and see how it goes and the first like three times i played i hated it and i thought i was gonna die and i felt like a truck had hit me and then backed up over me and then hit me one more time and then backed up over me again but then I started like getting the hang of some things and I started really enjoying it and it took me out of my head like I think the thing about like playing sports or I don't know finding something that you kind of like lose yourself in it's like a meditative state kind of. You don't let anything else like bother you while you're doing it. Like the only thing I could focus on was not falling or like dying while I was on the ice or feeling like I was going to get smashed or like rammed into the boards or like get a puck to the face or something, I don't know. So like that was the focus and I was able to not have any other chaos in my head. And it was like a freeing wonderful thing and i was like okay well i like that and the sport is wild like let's just keep going with it so huh it's a nice like meditative thing which is a really weird thing to say
1: how long have you been playing then
0: uh almost 10 years
1: nice and so are you part of a a league now or like
0: yeah yeah awesome And part of the wchl which actually plays the university of illinois So i've come back down to play against the university of illinois team since it's a club team um, which is very funny there aren't enough women that play in the midwest anyway to like have a good local league so the wchl is i think it's like wisconsin illinois indiana i think missouri like there's a st louis team and then iowa so we drive quite a bit when The season is going i've gotten better over the years i'm not great by any means but i've like gotten on higher teams and now we play against like pretty good college teams which now that i'm in my mid-30s i dread because playing (laughs) against like 19 year olds who are like super fresh like i we just get pummeled like absolutely pummeled they are ruthless it's hilarious
1: Getting hit, you don't bounce back as, once you get older, you you don't bounce no. back after getting hit. No. Um,
0: no, I, I stay down for a little bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, well, and then you also feel it the next day, oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, did I just throw in a little Canadian, like, ooh, what's that, a boot? Anyway, um, sorry, Canada. Did you know how to skate beforehand, at least, or?
0: Uh, I, I'm Not really. I mean, I... I maybe more so than others i mean i i grew up my my uncle had like a pond in his backyard so i would like skate on that and i was such a little tomboy and i wanted hockey skates so like i knew how to skate on hockey skates kind of i didn't skate that much but i think what helped me i am a pretty strong skater and it's because i used to do like inline roller skating like on ramps and stuff because i thought that was the coolest thing ever in like middle school and high school sure but i was pretty good at it so like that was really helpful and translated pretty well to ice hockey
1: like regular skates versus hockey skates are the inline roller blades. are they closer to ice skate like ice skates or hockey skates
0: like figure skates yeah um I don't know. I guess maybe hockey skates.
1: Mm. Okay. No, I I was just, as someone who is is terrible at all of that, um, <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. I don't have the ankles for it or whatever. I'm not sure. But um, it's something I wish I could do. But like roller skates, I can kind of do okay. But, you know, there's, I've got, it's four that keeps your ankles from going, woo woo. Anyway, um, I don't know why I said that. So that's weird. Um, but yeah, so do you intend on pursuing this forever and ever until you can't? Uh?
0: Yeah, it's it's a really great community of people. Like It's super supportive. Most of the people that I play with, I think the median age on my team is like 45. I skate with women in their 60s. We have like a mother-daughter pair, which is amazing. And I love to see like generations on the ice together Hmm. and everybody's really present when somebody needs help or it's just like a nice community to be involved in very supportive one. so I, i i love it for the community i love it for the support Everybody's always trying to get more women into the sport because the more people that play, the more teams we can have, the more games we can play, the more fun we can have generally. Mm. And everybody's just doing it to like, everyone's trying to trick their brain into working out Mm. by doing something fun. It's just generally a jovial time, unless you're playing against college kids who are like in it for blood. Yeah. And that's, I don't like those games.
1: Maybe... This is not how you play, but it's my assumption that hockey is of this nature. But do you remember the first time that you check somebody?
0: We are not allowed to check. It is a oh, no-check league. okay. Even men's leagues are no-check leagues as adults. Like, nobody right. wants to die. Right. But women are very cunning and find other ways to knock you down or slow you down or whatever so no i don't remember the first time i've checked anybody i've absolutely accidentally run into people and like checked them quote Mm -hmm. unquote and just like leveled both of us like that happens all the time because when you're on skates you can skate pretty fast and if you're not looking the right direction you can collide i don't remember when i checked somebody but i do remember colliding the first time Mm -hmm. and i just it was it felt like i got hit by a truck (laughs) (laughs)
1: honestly it's kind of a relief to hear that it's like a no check league that that isn't an element because i was going to say like i would be probably the most afraid of getting injured very easily with that kind of style of play yeah so i am
0: not a very aggressive person in general and it's an aggressive sport but i am not an aggressive player and I rely on, like, just skating really fast. I'm a fast skater, so, like, that's what I do instead of, like, sneakily punching people. But, like, that happens. You often will not get blatantly checked. So it's it's pretty chill for the most part. I, just, I like playing with people and teams that are less serious about it, okay. I guess.
1: And I think a lot of people, when they think of hockey, they think of that aggression. And I think, you know, it's, it's good to hear that and maybe that would... With that new information, maybe more people will be interested in joining. And I can put this in the notes too, but is there like a website or something they can go
0: to? to Oh, sure. (laughs) I'm sure if they just Google whatever local rink they're around, I don't know where all your listeners are, but usually there's like a lot of adult learner leagues, which are awesome to join and cool there's no check and everybody's so supportive any anyone that i've played with i've pl- played with co-ed teams i've played on only women's teams i've played with all everybody's like male identifying and then there's just me and like rarely do i feel like i'm in danger i guess like the only time is when there's like a a beginner skater that's flap shots left and right like and they're just not aware of how dangerous they are that's the only Mm. time that i get a little nervous but that doesn't happen very often and usually somebody kind of goes up to them and says like all right just tone it down we're not gonna be in the nhl tricia
1: thank you so much for coming out and you know telling me about your song fidgety and just about being here in the Champaign urbana music scene for a time being and the chicago music scene and your favorite non-musical thing i just really appreciate you taking the time to come out here and and chat with me
0: thank you so much for having
2: me this was so wonderful <music>
0: Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Trisha Scully reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
1: Champagne is also a band. You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Studio, South Baker, on the inside.
0: And I felt like a truck had hit me and then backed up over me and then hit me one more time and then backed up over me again.